It is good to be back with everyone. It's been three weeks since we've had a Sunday morning service. It's just so weird, like uh, everything going on, but we are just excited for what God is going to do this year. And I just want to echo what, what Seth just said. I, I believe, I believe with all my heart that 2024, God is going to do some amazing things. He's going to do some amazing things. And we're going to stand on that beginning today, right now, as we begin discussing our new series today called Believe. That is the new series that we are beginning on this first Sunday of 2024, Believe. And we're going to look out of Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21, where all of this came from. We're going to go two verses, and then we're going to skip to verse 35. So let's begin in Mark 5, verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. I skip to verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. This synagogue leader, this guy, this dad, has just heard the most devastating news he could possibly imagine. Something he has been hoping and praying and trying not to hear. He hears, your daughter's dead. As he's going to Jesus, he says she's dying. But then he hears that she's dead. Upon hearing this, Jesus has the audacity to say, don't be afraid, just believe. And I believe there's many of us in here that need to hear those exact words this morning about all sorts of different things that we're walking through right now and as we're bringing into this new year. And I want to say to our church, to all those in the room, all those watching online, to each and every one of us, Jesus is telling us right now, this first Sunday of the new year, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. Why would Jesus say that? How could he possibly say that right in this moment? When, when this guy, like, the world is crumbling in on him. His daughter has died. He's going through all the emotions right now. Every single one of them. And Jesus says to him, don't be afraid, just believe. Believe what? She's dead. Everything I've been believing is over. All hope is lost. Jesus is saying, no, hope is on the way to your house right now. Hope is on the way. And for us to not be afraid... And just believe means we have to drown out the noise around us that is telling us contrary to the things that Jesus is trying to tell us. Because the voices that this dad was hearing in this moment from all these people were, it's over, she's done, she's gone, she's dead. But that's not what Jesus had in mind. And so he had to stop listening. Listen, y'all. He had to stop listening to the voices around him. And he had to listen only to Jesus. For many of us, that means we've got to turn off the news. Turn it off. I don't know if you all have noticed, but the news is like the newest, best fear-mongering thing there is right now. So turn it off. Maybe you need to listen to other people that don't love Jesus, that don't know Jesus, that are saying all these things contrary to what Jesus says about you and about him. Turn it off. We've got to shut out the noise around us because the noise can be deafening. The noise can create fear. And the noise can be full of lies. 
Jesus is our hope. And if he says, just believe, then what we need to do is just believe. But James, I've been believing for a long time. I've been believing for a really long time. And I'm not seeing anything. Now I wonder about this dad in this story. How long had he been believing? Did this, did this daughter of his just get sick the day before? Did she just get sick a few days before that? Had she just been battling this disease for like a week? Or had it been for a long time? And maybe this dad had been trying all the things. I'm going to go to this priest. I'm going to go to this church. I'm going to, I'm going to go to this doctor. I'm going to try this diet. I'm going to do whatever I possibly can to save my little girl. And I'm believing. I'm trying. And then here comes Jesus on the scene. And right before Jesus can do anything, she dies. So he's been believing for a really long time, I bet. And Jesus says, keep believing. Keep believing because hope is on the way. So here we are, y'all. It's a new year. 2024. Which, by the way, doesn't mean anything to God. It really doesn't. You notice, like, he stands outside of time. He's not up there, happy new year, right? He doesn't do that. Just like me, I go to bed at 10 o'clock. Wake up the next day. It's another day, right? Praise Jesus. But I do believe that he gives us the gift of New Year's. Like to, for us to use, right? To have a new uh, goal, a new resolution, whatever that is. It's all those things. I mean, we can use it. God can use New Year's with us. Even though it doesn't really matter anything to him. And here's what God's put on my heart for our church, for today, and for this year. Is that none of us in the room None of us watching online, none of us, any of us, would bring along the baggage of our past into this new year. That it would get cut off today. And we would not be afraid, right? We would not walk in fear. We would not be afraid that our past mistakes define us. But instead, we would believe that we are a new creation in Christ. And those things are gone. And that God has separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. That we would believe that about ourselves. And we would not carry any of those other things with us into this new year. And that they would be gone forever. And I'll just say real, real quickly, if that is you, if you struggle with who you used to be before Jesus, this is the day, this is the time, this is the year to let those things go. Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid of who you were before. Believe that Jesus has made you a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Believe it. Yeah. Believe it today. Believe it for this year. And then, as, as Seth said before too, then you can have that best year ever. Because you're not walking in bondage. You're not walking with this burden that doesn't belong to you anyway. You're light. Yeah. You're light. I want to read these verses out of 1 John and I want to read them as if they are written with this, this sense of desperation, this sense of pleading to us of what is happening with these witnesses. Out of 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, this is it. And, and as we read these this morning, I, I want us to kind of feel that emotion, right, in these verses towards us, towards the reader, towards those that are, it's being spoken to. And that is us. It says, starting in verse 1 of 1 John 1, it says, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him 
with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. All right, y'all ready? Here it is. This is the message. This is the message we heard from Jesus, and now we're telling it to you. This is it. God is light, and there's no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's like they're saying this. It's like this brand new revelation, y'all. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. He's saying Jesus is the word of life. Jesus is life. Which means that anything apart from Jesus is not life. It is a counterfeit life. You can't say, all right, Jesus, you are life. And I want to have life. I'm going to have life, but I'm going to do it over here. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So what is life? It says it in verse 3 of what we just read. It's fellowship with him. It's fellowship with him. And fellowship with each other. It's those two things. When we have life, it's when we have fellowship with Jesus and we have fellowship with everyone. What does John 10, 10 say? It says the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us a rich and a satisfying life. What is that? It's fellowship with him. But then it also says in verse 5, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. God is light. And if we're living in spiritual darkness, we're fooling ourselves. We're lying to ourselves if we say we have fellowship with him. We don't. Something that um, our girls love to do is to play hide and seek in the dark. Right? That's their request. Not just hide and seek, but can we play hide and seek in the dark? And so at night after dinner, um, once that fun thing is over, um, they're like, can we play hide and seek in the dark? So you turn off all the lights, close all the blinds. I'm like, yeah, go play hide and seek in the dark. Well, why do they like playing hide and seek in the dark? Because it's easier to hide in the dark, right? It's easier to hide. And for our youngest especially has a benefit because she announces to everyone where she's hiding. All right. I'm in the bedroom. <clears throat> Behind the laundry. <clears throat> like, you don't quite understand the guy. It's okay. Um, love you anyway. But it's easier to hide in the dark. Do you know where the first game of hide and seek was ever played? In the Garden of Eden. It's Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve do a good old game of hide and seek. Right? What causes it? Sin. And beyond that, what causes it is they are now living in spiritual darkness. They are hiding from God, who is light, because of their sin and their shame. And that causes them to stop having fellowship with God. God's walking around the garden in the cool of the day. Where are y'all? 
He knows exactly where they are. They're not announcing it like a three-year-old would, but he still knows. Where are y'all? They're hiding from him. Spiritual darkness. They've cut off fellowship with him. Translation, they've stopped living. In that moment, they have stopped living. Think about the life they had before they took the bite of that apple. What they have now. They stopped living in that moment. And the point is, look, look y'all, when we walk in the light, when we walk in the light, not hiding our sins and our failures, not playing hide-and-seek with God, we live. We live. And when we don't, we stop living. The enemy wants to tell us over and over again, when we mess up, when we trip up, hide it. Hide your sin and your shame. You're going to be exposed. Don't tell anyone. Certainly don't tell God. And he knows that as we hide those things, when we bury them deep in our hearts, right? And we, and we don't tell anybody that it eats at us and it just grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And he loves that because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. And so don't you dare walk in the light. Don't you dare do that. Continue to hide. Continue to live in that spiritual darkness. Continue to be cut off all that fellowship from God and other people, by the way. Live that life. Stop living is what he's saying. And when we do that, we do stop living. We start, you know what we start doing? We start judging other people. We start separating ourselves from our friends and our family because of our own shame, because we are hiding in darkness. And God over and over again says, no, 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 come, come and repent. Repent. Yes, that word. Come to me. Let's listen to the importance of repentance in the Bible. I'm just going to give you three examples, but they're pretty big ones. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came to, to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus is just coming out of the wilderness, those 40 days and 40 nights. He's coming out of it to begin his ministry. And this is what it says. From then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Mark 6, starting in verse 7. Jesus is sending out his disciples. He, he says he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two. Verse 12. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. Is this message of repentance is everywhere. It's, it's in John the Baptist's ministry. It's the be very beginning of Jesus' ministry. It's what he tells the disciples to do. Their very first time they go out into ministry. Why? Because he's saying, get in the light. He's not saying, all right, here I am. I want everyone to feel condemned. I want everyone to feel shamed. I want everyone to feel guilty. He's saying, no, I want you to stop feeling that way. I want you to stop feeling like that. And I want you to come to me. And you can be honest with me. You can be open with me. And I'm going to forgive you. And you're going to walk in light. And you're going to live again. You're going to live. That's the heart of Jesus, y'all. It is not to shame us. It is not to condemn us. That's the enemy. That's what Satan wants to do. Jesus, y'all, listen, check this out. He's not dying to forgive you. He died to forgive you. He already did. And so what this, this repent, repent, repent and those things, the, the reason he says it first is because what he sees is a dying people. He sees a dying people. 
says, I want to bring you back to life. So just give it to me. And y'all, you know, there is no greater sense of God's love for us than when we come to him with our deepest, darkest secrets. We say, here they are. And we hear him say, and we feel him say, I know already. I love you so much. You're not rejected. You're mine. We, we sang about it this morning, like half the songs. That's what it's about. Thank God that stone was rolled away, taking our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 9, says this. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. He said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So in this picture, we have Jesus at this table, and the Pharisees are like surrounding it. They're not sitting at the table. They're surrounding it, kind of watching, checking out what's going on. The ones sitting at the table with Jesus, the ones dining with Jesus, the ones breaking bread with Jesus are the sinners and the tax collectors, Right? It's the ones that see Jesus and see this guy that they can approach as their savior with all the sins they have. All, I mean, even the Bible references it that way. They're like, yeah, cool. I'm sitting down. I'm here. I'm coming to Jesus. Call me a sinner. Sure. Right? It's the ones who are work-based, who are self-righteous, who, who aren't the ones repenting, who are on the outside looking in. It's the ones who quickly approach Jesus that sit at the table with him and have fellowship with him. Isn't that interesting? And you know what's sad? With this picture that we have here, that same scenario happens within the church all the time. We have so many people in, and I'm talking about the capital C church, not just Beaches Chapel, but the church, right? Who come and they get this glimpse of Jesus, but never actually sit at the table. It's just they're there to watch and then judging other people. I can't believe that person that person and oh, I know the story about them right most people are going I don't know what they're saying I just know I want to sit with Jesus and I want to have a good meal and so they do the question is which one are we which one are you which one am I that want to just live in that spiritual darkness and never actually come forward with who I am and the and mistakes and the failures that I've made in my life and give them to Jesus fully and completely I'm going to be that person or I'm going to sit on the outskirts and just be an observer thinking that my works have done enough and judging other people. I want to sit at the table. I want Beaches Chapel to be a full table of people sitting with Jesus. You know, we say our mission statement here is that we are a home for all. And the reason we say that we're all is because all of us need Jesus. We're all in the same boat. We're all saved by grace. We all have past mistakes. We all have past failures. We all have one Savior that can get rid of all those things for us, and that's Jesus. So what do, we, what do we choose? What do we do? Hebrews 
12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Like, let's just get rid of it all. Get that off of me, right? Get that off of me. Throw that off of me. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy. Everyone say joy. Come on, y'all. Say joy. joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Joy? Joy? What joy? Like the joy set before him? What was before him was a cross, was death. The joy that was before him was him being our Savior, us having a Savior. And it was joy to Jesus that he can forgive us. It is joy to Jesus to forgive us. I'm going to say that one more time so that you all hear that. It is joy for Jesus to forgive us. And when we continue to live in this spiritual darkness, playing hide and seek with God, not only are we robbing ourselves of life and fellowship with him, but we're robbing Jesus of the joy that he gets from forgiving us. We're robbing Jesus of joy when we play hide and seek with him. And I want, I want to say this morning, and please do not take this the wrong way. I say this out of love. I really do. But if you're hearing this message this morning, and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't really have anything to repent over. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know who made that laugh, and I'm not going to say your name. But if that's you, you need to be at the front of the line. Honestly. You need to be at the front of the line, because if nothing else, pride has is, is blinded you. But if you honestly are saying to the Lord, I want to repent, I want that, and I'm not really sure, if, man, you can preach next Sunday, one. Um, but two, like, God, search my heart. Search my heart. And bring up anything unclean. Let me be aware of the things that I need to be repenting about. Because repentance is not just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. It is a daily gift that God has given us. And it will draw you closer to him than any sermon I can preach, any song that Ben can sing, any announcement that Seth can give, right? <laughs> Anything is that openness, that vulnerability, that humility to just lay everything out there for the Lord and say, here I am, all of it. I'm, 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 I'm here, Lord. Will you forgive me of this? And he says yes every time. He's faithful and he's just to forgive, just like we read earlier. He's faithful and he's just to forgive. This is, listen to this. When you come to Christ for mercy and love and help in your anguish and perplexity and sinfulness, you are going with the flow of his own deepest wishes, not against them. When you go to Jesus with your sinfulness, with your sins, you are going with the flow of Jesus, not against them. And we need to understand that. So this morning, as we, as we begin this Believe series, my question to you is, do you believe? Do you believe that you're forgiven? Do you believe it? Because until we get past this, we can't really go anywhere else. So we have to start here on this first Sunday of this new year. We have to start here. 
Because if we don't believe that we're forgiven, all the songs we do, all, every, everything we do, it's like that, there's, there's not going to be a connection. But when we believe that we are forgiven, when we believe that Jesus paid that price for us, when we believe that that old person is gone, and we don't have to bring him or her into this new year, woo! Worship happens. The word comes alive. Life happens. Fellowship happens. Community group, sign me up, right? Men's breakfast, I'm going. Whatever it might be. The well, I'm there. Because I'm set free. And I, I want fellowship with God. I want fellowship with other people. I'm living life. Thank you, Jesus. I am not enslaved to sin anymore. That doesn't mean I'm never going to sin again, but that, what that means is it doesn't have a hold on me anymore. It does not define me anymore. I am not who I was. I am a new creation in Jesus. And I'm believing in Jesus' name that today and every day forward, those prison walls, those prison gates, those doors are going to go wide open. And we're going to be able to walk out free from sin in Jesus' name. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Listen, y'all, Jesus said it. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Well, what do I got to do? Just believe. Yeah, but what, what do I need to just believe? Let's not overcomplicate things, y'all. For once, let's not overcomplicate things. Jesus died for your sins. He took the penalty of all of our sins, and he was nailed to the cross, and he rose again three days later as our perfect Savior so that we could go to him over and over and over and over again and say, here I am, Lord, and he is faithful and just to forgive you. And you are, you are that new creation. That former self is not you. It does not define you. So let's not live in spiritual darkness. Let's not play hide and seek with God. Let's believe him. I can't believe it for you. I do believe it for you, but you have to believe it for yourself. And here's your chance. We're going to have the band come back up. I want to close with a song this morning. And we're going to take some time to just you be with the Lord. We're not going to do an altar call per se where we're going to have our elders up here, but we are going to open up the altar for you to come. If you need to kneel, you need to pray. If you need to go on the side aisles, whatever, make yourself at home. This is your home. Just to be with the Lord. If there's anything that you need to lay before him, if there's anything that you have been holding back from God, this is your moment to just say, here it is, God. And, and I want to encourage you, don't say, don't say this, Lord, here's my sin. Please forgive me. Say the sin. Say the, say the mess up. Say the fear. Say it. And watch how you're set free as you do. But it's time for the chains to be broken this morning. All the chains of, of addiction, of sexual missteps from the past, of abusiveness, of just being a, maybe being a bad spouse.
to set you free. What better day to do it than on the first Sunday of a new year so that we can leave it all and we can go forward with all the things that God has for us this year. I said when we started this morning, I'll say it again, I do a thousand percent believe that 2024 is going to be an amazing year for the body of Christ, for Beaches Chapel and beyond. But it starts here. It starts week one. It starts with repentance. And I want to say this just again, like it's not hard, y'all. It's not a hard thing to do in terms of like what we say or how we say it. It's just doing it. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Just believe that Jesus loves you. Oh, how he loves us, right? Let's stand up. And I just want to, before we go into the song, before we just open it up to everybody to get on their knees, to get on their seats, to come up to the altar, I want to say too, if this is your first time hearing this, and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you've been trying to do all the work stuff, being the good Christian, just doing good, right? I want to say, that's not the way. It's not it. We can't do it. It's too much. If we could, Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. It was the only way. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, and you want that, you want that life, you want that fellowship with him, you want to be rid of all that stuff from your past that's been weighing you down, defining you, this is your moment. And when you take Jesus into your heart, I'm telling you, he changes everything. He changes everything. He gives you life, the way life was intended to be lived. Not in the shadows, not playing hide and seek, not in spiritual darkness, but out in the light the light of God, never having to hide again. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is it. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way but him. So if you've never received Jesus, now's your time. You can say it in your own words. We're not going to do a repeat after me prayer. God is much more concerned with the condition of your heart. And out of what your heart is, you'll find the right words. So I just want to take one moment real quick. And I'm going to pray over all of us. So let's just do that now. If that's you, if you've never received Jesus, here's your moment. Father, we thank you, Jesus, that repentance doesn't take us away from you. It brings us back to you. That if we feel feel distant from you, God, in any way, it's repentance that, that brings us back. If we feel shame and guilt, Father, repentance brings us back, Lord. It's that gift that you've given us through the cross that allows us to walk in the light, that gives us life, Father. God, let us be a church. Let us be a people that walk in repentance, that understand the beauty of it. God, there's no other way, Father. There's there's no other way but through you. Lord, if there's anyone in here that is struggling with past mistakes, if there's anyone in here that maybe a mistake even from yesterday or this week, God, and are just saying those same things that Paul said, that the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I do. There's frustration there. There's there's like just self-anger. God, I pray right now, Jesus, that that would be lifted. And that as we approach you in honesty, in humility, in vulnerability, as, as vulnerability, as we say those things to you, Father, that we've been, we've been hit, hiding in our hearts, God, as we confess them to you, God, that we would be free in Jesus' name. Right now, Father, every one of us in this room that need to get some things off our chest, need to get some things out of our heart, Lord God, that need to speak these things to you, Jesus. 
I pray right now for the freedom in this room to do it, for the courage in this room to do it, God, and that we would follow what you said to that synagogue leader, that we would not be afraid, that we would just believe that you love us, God. You love us so much. You do not want us to walk in spiritual darkness. You want us to walk in the light. So we give these things to you right now, Father. We give them to our faithful God who is quick and who is just and who is faithful to forgive us. Lord, thank you, Jesus, that you are a God who loves us so much. So we do that now. And as we sing this song, we're going to open up the altar. If you just want to come up and kneel, if you need to find someone, a trusted person to pray with you, you can do that. If you want to get out in the aisles, whatever you got to do in this moment, but let's just take this as a holy and reverent moment to begin this new year, to be set free. And I'm telling you right now, all of us are in the same boat. We're all in this together. There's not one of us that this sermon is not needed for. We all need it. So thank you, Jesus, for the freedom in here. Hallelujah. For chains broken, prison doors open, freedom, Father, to live in the light and have life again through Jesus Christ, your son. Let's worship.